Good morning and welcome once again. Last week we uh, celebrated Mother's Day and we're going to use that to kind of segue into the message that we have today. And there's just so many things affecting us right now in the world and, and so many ways that we need we need God more than ever. And we need to understand who he is and what he wants from us. We can't have that relationship that we so desperately need until we can understand some of these basic fundamentals. And we have so many things that are, are confusing us. We have the world that tells us so many different things, which is driven by Satan. And we even have it coming from our places on high. We have our, our leaders that tell us certain things. We have it coming from the church where we're getting testimony. We're getting a twisted sense of what the Word of God is that's driven by personal opinion. The truth is becoming harder and harder to find, but that is what we need more than ever. So we're going to have our, our key word for today is purpose. So we see all the things that God puts out before us. And a lot of times we get so bogged down in the details. We get bogged down about how we feel about a certain thing that we lose sight of the purpose. And with everything that God does, with everything that God creates, with everything that God allows to happen, and notice each and every one of the things is different because of how God interacts with us, there is always purpose. We're not here for his entertainment. We're not here on a whim. We're here with purpose. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we... Thank you today to be able to, to hear the word, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it. And just take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask it in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Today's going to be a little bit different message because it's not something that you normally hear. We tend to shy away from certain subjects and certain topic matters. You know, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to include anybody. But when the world is dominated by it, we have to fire back and let show brightly what God's take on the situation is. And we're going to use a, a topic today that's well known, but you can insert any situation that you want because we all look at this the same way. And no matter where you're at, whether this affects you directly, indirectly, or just as a person that's seeking church or that is a part of it, how are we to act? We all go unscathed from certain things because we all have a role to maintain. So whether we're on one side of the line or on the other, how are we to act? How are we to behave? What does God have to say about it. We have all the the 
the controversy. We're now surrounded in a world that's battling over, at the core of it, it's really what constitutes a family. That's the purpose, is what is a family and what does that look like? Because God is all about family. And Satan wants to tear down anything that God is for. He wants to pollute it. He wants to pervert it. He wants to change it. He wants to confuse us. He wants us to make us think that God is not what he is. So, whether you want to admit it or not, we all have that connection to God. And we all want to know what God's take is. And I was uh, looking up some information on today's subject. And I was bombarded. You know, there's not that many verses. There's about 10 you can use. We're going to talk about two today. There's about 10 you can use. And depending on what translation of the Bible you use, some are more direct than others. And I'm always suspect when we start changing things to make things more direct. So we want to shy away from them versions of the word. We want to get to the traditional sense. But it was just page upon page upon page of articles, of books, of papers, of blogs, of sermons, of all this different information about proving this topic one way or the other. You're for it or against it. Now, the one good thing about the, the Word of God is, is that it's its own self-commentary. All the pieces fit together. So, if we don't want to go with what the Word of God says, we have to find some way to twist it. So we hear things like, well, things were different back then. That this wasn't an issue when this was written. That those people that penned the Word didn't understand this situation. I even seen one that said, went so far to say that Jesus got it wrong. Well, I'd like to know about what authority that you have that is so great that you can criticize the Son of God. That you think that you know more than Him. But what do we do? We hear things and we think it sounds good and we'll go along with it. You can make up a lie and pass it along and pretty soon everybody's telling it just like it is the absolute truth because it sounds good. And we think it comes from reliable sources, so we run with it. And even from our pulpits, we have our religious leaders that have their own ideas about certain things and they either want to drive it hard one way or the other that we lose sight of God's purpose. 
You know, it's not about right and wrong and fire and brimstone and condemning people. I don't want to condemn people. I don't want people to feel bad. What I do want is, I want people to come closer to God. And they have to understand Him. Here at Anchor Baptist, we uh, have a pretty small group. And it's uh, an older bunch. So as being their pastor, I see a lot of things that we come from with advanced aging we have sickness and we have the other things that are involved when you start to get in your elder years and many times as your people are are dealing with such things we have the the body that's that's fighting the spirit and we have things like disability and we have pain involved it can cloud our judgment and can really take our focus from God. And God's not going to fight us. He's not going to argue with us. So it's real easy to give Him the blame. And even if you're a caretaker, if your loved ones are, are suffering, you can fall in the same situation. Because, of course, we want them to get better. We seek God. Because in the times of great need, as our last resort, that's what we turn to. And we turn there in desperation. And we ask God for help because we want to get better. We want to see our loved ones get better. And sometimes we don't see the results that we so desperately want. And it's real easy to shut the door on God. To think that He is not hearing us. He's not there for us. When in reality, it all falls right back on us. We live in a world where abortion, transgender, gender fluidity is becoming normal and becoming battlegrounds. That the upcoming midterm elections will be decided on a lot of these beliefs and laws that are changing one way or the other. And it affects people. And on the one hand, we have people that feel a certain way, that fall into these categories, that feel a certain way, and they want to be accepted by everyone. And many even want to have a relationship with God. And then we have, on the other side, we have the church and many others that want to condemn turn away and push away and neither side is right we have to see what God's purpose is lady Gaga released a song a while back. It was called Born This Way. 
And it quickly became the anthem for the alternative lifestyle group, the LGQBT. Now stick with me now. We're going to get to the point. We're going to come make it all come full circle. So in the lyrics of the song, she talks about God. She says that you can still love him despite who you love on earth. Okay? And it says that you are born this way and that God makes no mistakes. And there's why I got a problem. See, she has a, a big fan base, a big grass, and you wrap it up in a nice catchy tune and you can blare it on your speakers. It becomes real easy to follow. Now, I can say that she's correct. God does make no mistakes. Because here's the situation. If we feel a certain way, we tend to say that that is the way that God made us. God made us, each and every one of us, perfect. But what happened was, we are born into a world of sin. And it is that sin that corrupts the body. It is that sin is why we die. It is why these bodies get sick. It's why they get injured. It's why they age. It's why they fail. It's because of the sin. And we done that. We allowed sin into the world. God knows us in the womb, but he does not corrupt us in the womb. Let me give you an example. Who likes ice cream? Let's say that I make you your favorite ice cream cone. And it is perfect. The cone is full. On top, it's nice and rounded off. It's got your favorite toppings on it. It is absolutely perfect. That's the way God had it intended. Perfection. But we take it out. We walk out of this air-conditioned building, we walk out there in the sun into the environment, and pretty soon that heat blaring down is going to make it start to melt and lose shape, and it's going to start to drip and run and become sticky. And these nice little Florida gnats are going to be attracted to it, and pretty soon they're going to start landing on it. That's the world. That's, that's sin. And then what happens... If we drop it, if we allow it to fall like we did with the fall of man, and it hits the dirt, and now it's full of sand and grass clippings and all kind of other nasty things that we don't want to use anymore. Not because of anything that I, the ice cream maker, created. Not because of anything God did, made it perfect. 
but we take it out into the environment. And that's what changes it. That's what corrupts it. The environment, the sin, the world. Are you with me? It's been a big debate over, over the years. Are we born a certain way? Can a person be born gay? Are they born thinking differently? Or is it something that we develop as part of our environment? The way we are taught, growed up, how we are raised. And it's very important to be able to know the answer to this question, and I'm going to tell you why. If we believe that God made us exactly how we are and how we think and how we do and how we act, then, or better yet, if we don't think that we're in the correct body, if we're not the correct gender, then that means that somewhere along the way, God made a mistake. And if we believe that God made a mistake, how can we trust that his word is perfect? How can we trust that his truth is the absolute truth? How can we rely on him? And the thing is, we can't. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to think. That God is imperfect. God can make mistakes. And we can't trust him. That is why such a small percentage of the world, such a small percentage of humanity has this grand, grand emphasis put on it right now. Because we are trying to blow up God. We're trying to bring the spotlight that he makes mistakes. But it's simply not the case. People are born in a lot of different situations. I have two boys with autism. They were born that way. And it makes them think and act and do differently. God did not do that. He did not point his finger and point and say different. He did not take his finger and point and say defective. He did not do any of these things. We live in a world of sin that's been pulling things down. We have environmental factors. We have genetics that's been corrupted generation after generation after generation. We have these things that happen that we can't explain. And it can be something as simple as a a vitamin deficiency or something grand. But it's not God. But God can use each and every situation. And each and every situation, he can give 
purpose. You know, we have things sometimes we mess up so bad you might burn the cake or, or drop the lasagna and we have to throw the whole thing out. But not God. See, God has the power, He has the knowledge, and He has the ability that He can scoop that up and He can turn it into something else. He can use it. I've made a lot of connections with the people that have been in my son's lives because of their, their disability. Through the situations and heartaches I've been through, I've been able to minister differently than I would if I've never been able to go through these things myself. God has purpose. So, we're going to we're going to settle some debates today. We're going to fill you in with some knowledge. We're going to answer some questions. And then it's up to you to take these truths and put them into action. So, can we be born that way? Well, we can be born with with birth defects. We can be born with all these different things and as we we come up and we start to develop, we have other things that, that show up that was been there since birth that was hardwired in. So absolutely. Each and every situation can be. So the question is, is that what do we do with it? What do we do with it? We look to the Word of God. Leviticus. It's the, the rule book. In 18 and 22. says that thou shalt not lie with mankind as is womankind. It is an abomination. And 20 and and 13 goes on to tell us that if you do so, that the, the punishment is death. You know, that's always been our driving force is what is the consequences? And that is how we try to deter behavior is by upping the consequences of things. We don't want to risk the consequences so we don't do the behavior. But God has, has purpose. And... I can argue for days upon weeks on both sides of the situation. There is so much information out there because we, we feel a certain way. So what do we do? We have a person that they feel this way. They believe that that's how they've always been, that that's how they were created. And then we have... People that's reinforcing it say, of course, yes, that's how you are. And you should embrace how you are and what you are and what you should do. We have to overcome our disabilities. You know, now we call things a, a lifestyle. But you know, it wasn't all that long ago if you were to say that you do not feel like 
you're the gender that you are, they would go to the textbook of medical issues. It's called gender dysphoria. It is a known medical condition. There's many other things that we face. There's people that have issues with certain parts of their body. They don't think it belongs. It doesn't there. And they go to great extremes to try to remove them. We have problems with, with memory. We have problems seeing faces. There's all these different things that make us think a certain way. And it's something that may have been a lifetime battle. But it doesn't mean that we should embrace it. You know, there's a story about the, about the man that Jesus healed and the, the disciples, they asked him and said, well, who sinned? Who caused this? Was it his parents? Was it him? Why was this, this guy born this way? And Jesus said, well, neither. It's for the glory of God. Mind you, not because God made him that way. Because God is going to use him for a purpose. And see, that fellow, he went through his life unable to see, unable to hear. But then God came on the scene. That power was released. And now we talk about him for generations to come. He is an example of the power of Christ. He is an example of what God can do. And he is an example of who God is. And how we are to think and to do. And that is what we all are as we overcome our challenges and our disabilities. Because we are to seek God. Each and every challenge and each and every disability is a opportunity to show the world what God's power looks like. There was a, a young man that he went through the very same thing that I'm talking about. He felt this certain way. But yet, he knew what the Word of God said. And he knows that the Word of God tells him that he cannot serve two masters. And that he cannot truly receive from God if this thing is holding them back. And he was able to overcome. Paul gives us all kinds of warnings about sexual immorality. And that he says that celibacy can be a gift. And that you have to wonder because God's so about family. And we have such a, a strong drive and such connection. 
Maybe God has a plan for everything. Maybe God knows that sometimes that there's going to be certain challenges people are going to face, but that he still wants them in the herd. He still wants them as part of the family, but he has to give them something to be able to overcome. I often wonder sometimes, is Paul's thorn something different than what we many of us think it is? Was he facing a different kind of challenges? Perhaps some of the challenges that people are facing today. And he was able to overcome through God. Are we born this way or is it environmental? Is it the way we are raised? And here's where we segue from last week. We were talking about being mothers. What a gift that is. And it's also a great responsibility. We have a great responsibility. We have to teach our children. Teach our children. And then, I don't know if we can totally convert someone one or the other. We all are are free thinkers. We have our own minds. We have our own free will. But we sure can aid to the confusion. We can sure push people in one direction or another. And we have duties as parents to teach, to direct our children, to correct them when they are wrong. But today's world is telling us that we know we need to just let them be and let them make choices for themselves and let them to develop in who they want to become. We're going to the far now that we're we're not going to assign gender on birth certificates. We're going to let them pick their name. We're going to let them do all these things. No. That is not the job of a child. A job of a child is to grow up and to be taught and to be taught. It's not the responsibilities of the schools. It's not the responsibilities of government. It is the sole responsibility of the parent, the mom and the dad, just the way God intended it. See, the purpose, so they have both of those roles, both of them people with their strengths that can inject both of those strengths onto that child to help with God to grow that person into who they are supposed to be. So, when we see them doing inappropriate behavior. When we see our our little boy put on a dress or play with a doll or we see our little girl act a certain way, it is our duty to say, no, that's not the way a boy behaves. That's not the way a girl behaves. And when they see us as the adults, we are the mark, the bench, the bar. We are the example. 
for the adults that they are supposed to become. So if we act a certain way, then they're going to think it's okay. Because we keep telling them it's okay. When all we snoops to simply do is give a little correction. Just the way God corrects us. We need to give that correction. We need to say, no, this is not all right. And why is that? It's because it does not fit with God's purpose. But Jesus preaches love. He tells us we should love one another. And absolutely we should. We should love one another. But there's a big difference between loving one another and being carnal with one another, being intimate with one another. We should love each and every person. We're all brothers and sisters. And we should have that love. But we cannot distort and destroy what's God's family. Purpose. You know, I'm going to throw something out here you probably never heard before and may never hear again. We get so bogged down with the details that we're missing out on the purpose. And see, if we were looking back at Leviticus 18, all these rules, all these rules has been laid out. You know, most of it is for to keep from having rivalries. But the problem is, is that everything else aside, If you deviate from gender, if we deviate from what a marriage is, what a family is, we're deviating from purpose. God has a role for us to fulfill as a man. We were to be strong, the leader. The word even goes and tells us, talks about our dress, how we, our appearance should be. It says we should not appear feminine. We're supposed to be strong. We're the protectors. We're the defenders. We're the workers. And if you put two of the same together, both of them cannot fulfill their role. One is going to fall into that purpose that is driven for the woman. The nurturer, the carer, the hub of the home, 
God's purpose is for us to have life. And we can't take two of the same and create that life. We cannot have that gift that we talked about last week. We cannot come together. We cannot come together and be one the way God intended it. We cannot fulfill that purpose. So yes, you may feel a certain way. You may be born that way. You've been faced with environmental standards that has pushed you in one direction and another. But you still have a purpose to fulfill. And it's still something that can be overcame. You know, this is just one subject that we can just say accept. We can just say accept. In reality, it's just another challenge. And something that we have to, to deal with. You know, we don't... Most of our, our battles are, are lost or won from the very start right in our mind. When I'm ministering to people that's going through things, they're sick, if they're facing a challenge, one of the first questions I ask them is, where do you want to get? Where do you want to see? What do you want to accomplish? Of course, they want to get better. They want to walk again. They want to be able to do these things. Okay, well, there's your goal. And God is going to help you along the way. But you have to do your part. He's going to see you through, but you have to do your part. You take the steps when you can take the steps, and where you can't, he will carry you. But you have to do your part. You know, we just don't throw away someone because they're facing a problem. We help them through it. We minister to them. We intercede for them. We help them. We care for them. We just can't simply say that it's okay. I mean, where do we draw the line at? Do we just totally stop raising our children? Do we let them steal if they want to steal? Do we let them hurt others if they want to hurt others? We're not being woke. We're not being progressive. We're not changing the world in a positive way. We're not being accepting. We're pushing away God. And for our our church, for our pastors, it is not our job to condemn. And if you push them away, if you shun them, If you ridicule them, you're worse than they are. If they're here, if they're hearing the word, they have a chance to be transformed, to change. 
We're all sinners. We all have our challenges that we face. And no one is better than anyone else. There was a television show on the other night. And one of the families was very active in the church. And they had a a mishap with one of their children. And because of that, they were, were shunned away. They didn't want nothing else to do with them. That is not Christian behavior. We don't have to condone the behavior, but we don't have to condemn it either. And see, that's the problem. We want to build an army of people just like us that act like us and do like us. When what we really should be doing is fulfilling the purpose of God, and that is to save souls. That is to relinquish the confusion that the world is throwing upon us. That is to let everyone find their place and where they fit in with God. To let God transform them and save them. There's not been a preacher that's ever saved a soul. There's not been a church that's ever saved a soul. All of that is done by God. It is that transformation that He makes in their heart. Our job is to welcome them, to bring them in, to give them the information, to plant the seed. God waters it, God makes it grow. God makes a transformation. When we open up a a new product, a lot of times they'll have a little packet of booklets in there. And usually there's one big, thick booklet. That's the master booklet. It talks about all your warranty and your parts and everything about the whole thing. And then we have one thing that's the, the quick reference guide. That's what I want to take with you today is the, the quick reference guide. Because I know by now, we're not all about studying the Word. We're not digging in deep into it. And we're letting our thoughts and our own ideas pollute it. So let's just go back to the basics. Pull out that quick reference guide. And just ask yourself, does this fit God's purpose? And the answer is yes. Great. Make sure it's really great. Make sure that it's really what God says. And if it's not, then we have the opportunity to step back and to see see why. See what God wants from us. We have responsibilities. We have to be that beacon of light, whether it be from telling our testimony where it becomes from voting out the ones that want to condemn this world, whether it be from just making our own different choices. You know, that's grand in itself. That sometimes it ain't got to be about church. It ain't got to be about others. It's about the personal choices that you make. And those are just as grand to God as anything else.
that you, on a personal level, without anybody else knowing, without anybody else seeing, are saying, I choose God. I reject my feelings. I reject what my body tells me. I reject what the world tells me. I reject what Satan is whispering in my ear. And I choose God.